at America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning Radio program. Heard on listeners' sponsored digital radio. Around the world, the web at NachumSingle.com and the NachumSingle Network, and of course on the beloved NSN app. Well, as many of you know, we've had an amazing relationship with Congresswoman Nicole Maliotakis, uh, who serves in the 11th Congressional District in New York, and uh, she was uh, uh, one of the people that greeted uh, President Herzog when he was in Washington last week, and she's one of the officials from New York who took great pride in the fact that the President of Israel was addressing Congress uh, on the occasion of the 75th anniversary, the 75th birthday of the State of Israel. We will discuss with her some of her colleagues uh, and how she felt when uh, other members of the New York State delegation were not as friendly. We'll get to all. We'll get to all of that coming up. Uh, member of the United States House of Representatives from New York's 11th district, which does include, by the way, our beloved Staten Island Congresswoman Nicole Maliotakis. Welcome back to JM in the AM. It's great to be with you. Thanks for having me. I appreciate that. Tell me what it was like in Washington last week. I mean, having uh, you know prominent officials from Israel always brings about uh, some buzz uh, in our nation's capital. But last week, I uh, it, it certainly seemed to us from this vantage point, there was something extra special. Yeah, I mean, the president uh, gave an amazing speech. President Herzog, let's be clear, <laughs> gave an amazing speech before... <laughs> Before Congress, in fact, you know, I, I've uh, I've sat through maybe four of these since uh, I've been elected uh, two years ago, over two years ago, and this was, I think, the best speech that we heard. Um, he was very passionate. He was very direct. He was very clear. He didn't mince words. He was basically uh, telling how strategic and how important this relationship between the United States and Israel is, and he called out those who don't feel that Israel has a right to exist as anti-Semites, including those members of Congress who uh, had, you know, terrible words uh, prior to his speech and boycotted the speech. Um, But he talked about that you need to improve and continue to expand this relationship because when Israel is safe, America is more secure, and it's absolutely right. You know, that is such an important strategic relationship and also building on the Abraham Accords, which is something I'm very proud to be a member of the Abraham Accords Caucus, in which we're seeking opportunities to expand uh, th- that agreement to help continue to bring stability to the region, to help bring economic vitality to Israel. Uh, and it's, uh, I think, you know, he mentioned Saudi Arabia. I mean, Oman is another, Indonesia. Those are countries that we've been discussing as possible next steps. And so, Really exciting to have him here. It was a pleasure to meet him. And also, he, he said that, you know, he spent some time in Brooklyn as a young man, uh, which I was very proud as a representative of Staten Island and Southern Brooklyn in Congress to hear about his experience uh, living in Brooklyn for a little while, working with Legal Aid Society and doing some, some good work here. Oh, 100%. Yes, history from this area is pretty well known in our community. Um, all right, so we know that uh, when it comes to Abraham Accords, uh, generally the United States is looked to to be some type of uh, facilitator, negotiator, helping to bring parties together. Is it possible to expand this incredible initiative? And I'm so proud that you sit on that committee, by the way. Is it possible to expand that that initiative with the current administration in Washington? Well, it's funny because, you know, uh, this president, President Biden, has chosen uh, to repeal almost everything that the that the, the President Trump did, right? Every good policy that President Trump did, he has gone to undo. 
it's funny how he hasn't said anything negative about the Abraham Accords, and that's because it's actually working. It's working for the region. It's bringing economic prosperity and uh, tourism and exchange of cultures and religions, and it's also bringing uh, you know stability. And it's isolating uh, other parts like Iran, for example. Uh, but what I would say is there's absolutely opportunity to expand it. As a member, I was a, a formerly a member of the Foreign Affairs Committee, but now I'm on the Ways and Means Committee. And the Ways and Means Committee sees all, tr- all, all trade policy in the United States. And so sitting from that purview, uh, I certainly see that there's some opportunities. Now, whether we have uh, a, a president who's willing to actually help because he hasn't done anything regarding U.S. trade policy, so I imagine he won't be very helpful in trying to advance uh, Israel's uh, trade policy, but I do believe that you have members of Congress, including myself. We form the 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 caucus here, and there there are going to be uh, and there have been active exchanges with the Abraham Accord nations. I mean, uh, the ambassador of Bahrain has become a good friend of mine, uh, and he he's also equally as thrilled about the results of this relationship um, that has emerged between his country and. Uh, in Israel. And so we, we do see opportunities. And like I said before, I think, you know, Oman, Indonesia, I'm hoping to visit Indonesia at some point, uh, maybe in the next year. I don't know if we could get a group together, but there is active uh, participation among members of Congress to try to look to build upon these successes. Oh, you make such an important point. The Abraham Accords might be so strong and certainly strong enough that it may not need the full cooperation of Washington in order to move forward. Congresswoman Nicole Maliotakis is with us live via telephone, New York's 11th District, Southern Brooklyn, Staten Island, some of the places really important and dear to us. And we will get to congestion pricing, everybody. Don't worry. Uh, I got to ask you, and I know it's not your responsibility, but it had to give you some type of ill feeling um, witnessing members of the New York State delegation uh, boycotting President Herzog's speech, making public statements about it, really uh, boasting about it, frankly. Um, which I think is unprecedented, especially from this, you know, from members of the New York State delegation. I mean, what can you tell our listeners who you know were personally offended by the way uh, those couple of representatives behaved? Well, it's obviously very irresponsible, okay? Um, and I was glad that Pre- President Herzog called them out, you know, called out uh, for what it is. It's anti-Semitism. When you don't believe that Israel has the right to exist, which is what these members believe, when you support uh, the BDS movement and all of that propaganda, um, you, you are uh, participating in this anti-Semitic sentiment. Um, w- what I would say is it also is very irresponsible in the sense that uh, our adversaries are watching, right? Those who are trying to undermine the United States, those who are trying to undermine Israel, they're watching. And to have members of Congress in the United States of America spew this type of rhetoric that they can use to try to, uh, you know, sell their uh, propaganda and anti-Semitism is is really a uh, is so irresponsible um, that it, you know it's important that President Herzog condemn it and that members of Congress, you know, we immediately had a press conference condemning it as well with our leadership uh, and and it's and I look, I've been very bipartisan in my criticism, right? If, if, uh, if somebody on the far right says something negative, I, I will condemn them. If they, if somebody on the left does it, if something in the district happens, that's anti-Semitic, uh, I've condemned it. So I've been consistent in my criticism, but 
this group of people have really, unfortunately, they've grown in Congress. Number one, yeah. uh, and and number two, um, they are they are certainly undermining uh, what we've worked so hard to strengthen that relationship, the bi- bi- bilateral security partnership, all of that. They're you know, they're they're undermining it, and it's unfortunate that it's happening from within the halls of Congress. There's no room for anti-Semitism in New York City, in our country, in the world, certainly not in the United States Congress. And, and it always seemed like, and I wonder if, it, if, if you feel this way uh, because, you know, <laughs> you work in the same building, uh, it always seemed to us that there was always potential for dialogue, even if someone did feel the way they do about Israel. There was a way for constituents, for colleagues to have a civil conversation with them. Are you able to do that, or they're so extreme that they're not interested in sitting down discussing any of these issues with anybody? Yeah, I don't, well, quite frankly, I don't have an interest in discussing anything with them. They are just, uh, you know, this is the thing. I was among, uh, I was actually one of the first to call for Ilan Omar to be removed from the um, Foreign Affairs Committee because right. of her rhetoric. And, it, and I was a member of the committee at that time, and to sit there in these meetings and hear, hear what she was saying, not just anti-Israel rhetoric, it was anti-American rhetoric, to blame the United States for what happened in Venezuela because of communism and socialism was just unbelievable to me. Um, and we can't have people on this committee. Uh, you're dealing with foreign governments. You are a representative to foreign uh, countries, and you are anti-American, I mean, you're, the, what you're saying. And so we can't have that on that committee. And so I was very proud to be appointed by Speaker McCarthy to actually oversee that vote because of my you know, vocalism, being so vocal and, and aggressive on this issue that she needed to be removed to be able to be the one to oversee the vote and the debate uh, for that. And and it was the right thing to do, remove her from that committee. Uh, just, you know, it was... So anyway, um, you know, we, 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 we try to take the action. Look, she's duly elected, right? Unfortunately, oh, yeah. I mean, she almost lost. Right. Maybe maybe this year she'll have a, a, another viable primary uh, and, she'll, and she could be replaced. Um, but to think to somebody who came to this country as a refugee, my mother's a Cuban refugee, so I, right. I kind of look at it from that lens. To have somebody come as a refugee and then, you know, be have the opportunity to become a member of Congress, right? You can't never do that in any other country. Uh, and then to then to spew anti-American rhetoric in that role, I think that's um, it's really disheartening, you know. It shows a lack of appreciation for what this country has offered her. Well, we thank you and we respect you for, for the efforts you've made and for the successes you've had, frankly, in this area. Now, i got to give you some background so you understand what type of ally you have here, and you have a lot of allies in this audience. Um, I am a resident of Lower Manhattan. I'm a car-driving resident of Lower Manhattan. I haven't converted yet <laughs> to bicycle only the way the New York City government would like to see everyone convert to. Um, that's number one. So I'm a Lower uh, East Side, uh, Lower Manhattan resident. I am, uh, I've already declared that if, con- if congestion pricing is implemented, we have to seriously consider moving out of the region. Uh, you're on Staten Island, uh, both the Staten Island and New Jersey, and we have a lot of listeners in both areas, uh, are very uh, uh, connected to this issue. They've both issued, uh, they've both started lawsuits against, I assume, uh, the New York City government or the federal government. You could explain that better than I can. Uh, and I don't know, the, the more I read about it, the more it seems those lawsuits don't have much merit and probably won't be successful. With all that in mind, 
What do you recommend the actions that could be taken uh, in light of the imminent congestion pricing? Yeah, so it's when this was jammed through by uh, Governor, then Governor Cuomo in the state legislature in 2019, I obviously voted against it as a member of the state assembly. And I had warned that this was going to have a detrimental impact on Manhattan's economy, on New York City's economy. Because remember, when Manhattan loses revenue because people don't drive in and utilize our restaurants and go see a Broadway show and go shopping, what happens? Well, the rest of us end up holding the bag and we have to pay more taxes to make up for that revenue shortage. And so I had warned about it back then. And that was pre-COVID. So imagine now New York City is trying to get it, you know, get back on its feet. It's it's really suffering greatly. People are not returning to the workplace the way they were. Manhattan looks often like a, a ghost town compared to what it was. We don't, commercial real estate is suffering because people aren't utilizing the office space. Stores are suffering because we don't have as many tourists and we don't have as many uh, tr- foot traffic like we did as a result. And so uh, all these things are happening. And here, and inflation, by the way, people are suffering because they're already suffering from Biden inflation, and, and, they're, and they're already dealing with uh, high tolls as it is. And here comes Kathy Hochul and President Biden trying to jam through this $23 cash grab. So right now where it's at is the federal government basically rubber stamped this thing, the federal highway and, and Pete Buttigieg, they, they rubber stamped this thing. They did not require an environmental impact statement, as we believe the law says is required um, under NEPA, which is the National Environmental uh, uh, Policy Act. Okay. They didn't do that. They shortcutted it. And that's what they're suing on. They're suing, saying that this is a first in the nation program. You're jamming this thing through. You're not doing the pro- proper environmental assessment. Uh, they, they put a cockamamie assessment through that basically showed that there are concerns. Right? And, that and, that's, and that's, both the, that's both the Jersey and the Staten Island suits? So the Staten Island suit has not been filed by the borough president just yet. I assume his angle will be the same. We've been uh, had preliminary conversations, and I intend to join that uh, as, a, as a party. Um, but but the, the New Jersey is the one that's been filed so far, and that's what it says, right? Um, and they're also arguing it's a violation of interstate uh, commerce clause and all of that. Now, I'm looking at every single legal and, and legislative option. I have been with New Jersey's Josh Gottheimer, who's another good friend, right. both of Israel and right. uh, on this issue. Um, and he's a Democrat, right? So we've been right. working in a bipartisan manner, anti-congestion uh, uh, caucus that we have. We're, I've also put in language that just passed the House Appropriations that would prohibit uh, any dollars from going from being used by federal highways to implement a tolling agreement with the MTA. This would stop it dead in its tracks. Uh, I believe that will get through the House, and then we'll have to see what you know happens over in the Senate, because nothing's been done in the Senate. They, they actually literally don't pass anything in the Senate, and so it's become quite a challenge uh, to actually get business done. Um, with that said, uh, I, I'm looking at that angle as well. So, so I, I'm still doing everything I can over the last four years to to try and stop this thing. I still have faith that we can do it. Um, I think the lawsuit's a very good lawsuit. I think they have merit there because that's what Josh and I have been saying all along that they violated the NEPA law by not doing a full and thorough study, which, by the way, would take a couple of years. And if we have a new president next year, that can also be a way to stop this thing. So we need to delay it. If, if we can't stop it, delay as much as possible. Uh, and that's what we're that's what we're aiming for, which is why you're seeing them scramble and try to jam this through because they know that they're in trouble. 
uh, and they try to get it done as fast as possible. Unbelievable. Well, I'm literally broadcasting today from Josh's district in our Teaneck studio this morning. Um, so I sympathize certainly with our Bergen County friends. And as you know, I'll be, I'll be visiting again for the 40th year in a row, I believe it is, for the high holidays. I'll be visiting Staten Island and the new Springville Jewish Center. So it seems like every, everyone we care about is getting, is getting ruined by this thing, frankly. And by the way, on Staten Island, between the, you know, the Verrazano and the, and the uh, you know, extra gas required to get anywhere because of its, uh, um, because of its, uh, um, its location, I mean, it, it seems like, uh, I don't know, it seems like you guys in Staten Island always get the raw end of the deal. Well, this is the funny thing, and I, and I said this, uh, it's not funny, it's actually heartbreaking. We, we didn't vote for the mayor, we didn't vote for the governor, we didn't vote for the president, right. we were being subjected to their ridiculous policies. That's right. But the thing is this, they always, we're the forgotten borough when it comes to the things like we need, right? Like like transportation options, for example. But when it comes to putting a migrant shelter, all of a sudden they remember where Staten Island is. Uh, all, you know, it comes to raising property taxes, uh, then they remember where Staten Island is. So, so that's the thing. We get, we get, we don't get the good that we should as a borough of the city, but yet we still manage to get the bad. Then they want to give us our fair share. Then, so I would just say that, look, do these things in the in the community that actually voted for you, Mayor. Don't come to Staten Island because we don't support these policies. Yeah, I got it. Southern Brooklyn too. Southern Brooklyn too, by the way, which I proudly also represent. Yeah, hundred percent. Some beautiful areas in that uh, in that uh, part of your district. Um, well, can't thank you enough. Uh, I, um, I I thank you for fighting on behalf of uh, of Israel and its right to exist. And frankly, anybody you know on the front lines in the United States House of Representatives that's now taking that stand is actually doing that. Is literally fighting on the front lines p- politically and diplomatically for Israel's right to exist. And more locally, uh, Congresswoman, uh, it's nice to know that we have an ally <laughs> and that as they as they build the easy pass bars that apparently are going up already, and as you described, trying to really stuff this down everyone's throat as quickly as possible, it's good to see that you're doing everything in your power to delay and hopefully completely destroy congestion pricing. Well, we'll look, we'll keep up the fight. I'm glad that we have uh, other people joining in. And, and you know what the shame is? I talked to other Democrats who are from New York City who don't support congestion pricing, but they're afraid to speak out because they're afraid mm. of AOC and the radical left. Uh, and that's the shame of it. You know, people know that this is a bad policy, but they won't join the fight because they're afraid. They want to. It's about self-preservation, not about preserving their districts. And that, I think, is a sad thing. And people should push their representatives if they are against congestion pricing. Now is the time to call your representative and call Senator Schumer and Gillibrand and let them know that this is a ridiculous thing to try to take $23 to drive into another borough in the city in which you live. Yeah, and the governor also. Who knows? Maybe this will be the uh, the impetus for voters to finally get some of these uh, elected officials out of office. Uh, Congresswoman, thank you so much. A real pleasure speaking to you again. Great to be with you. Thank you. Congresswoman Nicole Maliotakis, 11th District, Staten Island, Southern Brooklyn, a couple of places really dear to us. And she's fighting uh, an amazing battle on so many fronts and um, really described beautifully what it was like being in Washington last week when the president of Israel was there. And on the more local end on this congestion pricing issue, boy, whatever we could do to uh, to stem the tide of this one, we really need to step up and do it and con- and contacting our elected officials immediately would be a great place to start jm in the am at uh, 20 minutes after the hour thanks for joining us everybody on this tuesday morning broadcast